Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
is Rory Sodder. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. I hope you all are doing amazing. I hope you've had a fantastic week so far. I hope you had a phenomenal, long Labor Day weekend. Uh, we have not been with you since last Thursday, so we've been gone for a little bit. Uh, I do want to say I've missed all of you, and it is, it is a pleasure to be back. Um, and we have so much to talk about. Uh, I, again, I, you know, as always, I want to thank my fans. I want to thank the audience. Um, I want to thank every guest from last week. Um, every, you know, all, all my co-hosts, um, all my, you know, all my audience, like I said, my, my sponsors, you know, all these people that have contributed to the, to the show, uh, to everything. Uh, thank you. God bless. Um, I do want to say officially that, um, I can uh, proudly say now, uh, that the next gen USA is done. Uh, we have finished it. We've finished the machine when it's done being built. Um, I will either be launching it tonight or tomorrow. So we will uh, keep our audience posted on that. Um, we're obviously, like I said, we have so many different plans for that site. There's going to be a lot of uh, TV, radio, um, you know, uploading, you know, what will be a news site, 24-7 breaking news coverage, uploading articles constantly, all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very happy about that. I do want to welcome um, Radical Islam experts, um, entrepreneur, lobbyist, uh, legislative affairs for President Ronald Reagan, and my co-host, Valerie Greenfeld. How are you? And your best-selling author. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> good. How are you, Rory? Nice to have nice you. I'm doing you. good. Did I, did I mention the best-selling author part, or did I, did I not? I, mean, I know I mentioned it just now, but did I mention it before? Yeah, yeah, but, I, but it's not New York Times bestseller. It's Amazon. Right, right. No, I mean, it's, that's yeah, better. It's I don't, you didn't better. say it tonight, but one other time you did, yeah. Okay, all right, cool. Well, I'm glad we have that established. We have a lot uh, going on in the news. Um, obviously, I want to start, um, we are going to get Dan Perkins getting on the line here in a second, and I want to definitely uh, get a lot of his thoughts and pick his brain. Um you know, I will start out, though, by saying that um, let's talk, you know, the whole Kaepernick thing. Um, I, you know, I want to tell my audience, and I want, I, want to say, I want to have that as my opening segment. Going into this in detail, if you really look at what these, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to use the word, you know, because it's not racist, you know, and uh, monkey, you know, and, you know, there's memes online saying, you know, uh, funny memes online with Forrest Gump's face on it saying, and just like that, we weren't allowed to say the word monkey anymore. But no, but seriously, though, these animals that are kneeling for the national anthem, it is making certain gentlemen in the black community look, look really bad. It's making the people that are patriotic uh, in the black community look bad. And we're going to have leaders of Blacks for Trump call in uh, in a little bit, and he's going to be discussing a lot a lot about this whole anthem and this whole Kaepernick colon uh, that Nike received. They got colon cancer the day. Oh God, this is this is this is just a mess with with Colin Kaepernick. I, I tell you, um, you know the 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 way they're going about this. They put Colin Kaepernick as time person of the year, and we remember this last year. 
and, and, and it was all a publicity stunt. Anytime they put Kaepernick on anything these days, they're doing it because they know it's going to piss off, uh, you know, especially, you know, people on the right, people that, you know, stand for the anthem, people that uh, are patriotic, people that care about this country. Um, we did see, you know, their shares uh, drop over four billion with a B uh, dollars. Uh, they're at they dropped three point nine percent Nike in shares as soon as they made uh, Kaepernick their head head face of the of the brand of the franchise of the of the you know current um, you know ad that they're doing. Or, and, and this is you know what they're doing. It's a lot of shenanigans what they're pulling. Um, you know, Dan Perkins, um, I do want to welcome you on the line real quick. Oil and natural gas investor, radical Islam expert, foreign policy analysis, New York Times best-selling author and Amazon best-selling author, entrepreneur, and a contributor to Daily Caller, Clash Daily Lives at Daily Search and The Hill. How are you, sir? I hope I, have a, <clears throat> I don't have much of a voice, I'm afraid. No, I know. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. What basically what we're doing right now is I'm I'm going over the whole Kaepernick situation, and my whole point about this is that this is not about black justice. This is not about equality. This is not about uh, you know them doing anything right for the black community because we see these NFL players. They in their spare time they're not helping out the people in Chicago. They're not you know protesting in their spare time. You know, they're only doing it on the field where they can attention seek. And, you know, they look like a bunch of, like, just ignorant monkeys when they do this crap. And I'm really getting tired of it. Kaepernick has not been in the league for two years. He has been irrelevant. And for some reason, um, they want to make him the poster child. And we all know that, you know, he's he started this whole anthem a mess and, 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 and pony show, and it's nothing but attention-seeking behavior. And if you really look at the black-on-black black crime and what the real problem is in that community, black-on-black black crime and killings, are, it's 99% comes from them. Only the less than 1% or the 1% comes from white-on-black crime. And less than 20 cops, yes, I repeat, less than 20 cops uh, actually shot and killed uh, uh, black men last year. Last year, or no, 2016, those are the ratios. But still, I mean, we see all the white men that are getting killed on a daily basis. We see all these different people. We see slavery in Africa. We see slavery in uh, Libya. We see slavery in all these different places. And they want to talk about slavery in America? There's no such thing. We are overly privileged individuals living in this country. We are people that get to live our freedom and our security every single day because of our brave soldiers and because of the people that fought for this flag. And now you have all, and I want to mention this, it's very important, is that you have these people in these factories overseas making these Nike products for 20 cents an hour, and they're paying Kaepernick fucking millions. Excuse my French. But, you know, it, it, it's disgraceful. And this guy has been nothing but a cancer for the NFL. He's the reason that their rating has, ratings have dropped because he started the whole Anthem Pony show, like I said. And he started this whole clown, you know, chaos that is, is really damaging the left and hurting the NFL. And I think some of them are too blind to see it. But I also think a lot of them know exactly what they're doing. Uh, but you look at all the negatives and it definitely outweighs any of the positives that could have ever happened from putting Kaepernick on the cover 
and on the on the ad of Nike. Uh, Valerie, I want to get Valerie. I want to get your thoughts real quick, and then Dan. Well, I think that um, you know it's been this this uh, disrespect for our government, for our military, our flag, our symbols has been going on for a long time, and I, I don't understand why it's such an issue anymore. People uh, know that when you disrespect the flag, that the football um, people don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to pay for it. So the tickets went way down. They lost a lot of money. Yep. And now, why would Nike, I, I have no idea, why would Nike want to help pick up Not the same thing and think that it's going to be good for them? Yeah. I mean, you, you like you said, point, the stock's gone down. And, you know, so the, at first I thought, well, maybe they did it because they thought bad attention is better than no attention. And it's going to, you know, obviously they've like, gotten a lot of attention, but their stocks did go down. So I, I don't really understand it, to tell you the truth. It makes no sense to me. I mean, out of all the people that you can pick, like somebody was saying, why not choose Pat Tillman? You know, like that's the guy that is, a, you know, he, he served exactly. his country, died heroically. I mean, if you're going to talk yep. about, you know, yep. um, morals and values, he's yep. the guy you want to choose. So the truth and is, I, I, and actually, I, even, I don't understand it myself. You have actually what? Sorry. No, I was going to say I don't understand what my, Nike was thinking. I don't, I don't understand their strategy. Yeah, and, and I even posted about this on my social media about Pat Tillman should have been the face way before Kaepernick ever should have. And to me, this is a publicity stunt. I can't think, of, and it's a negative one. I can't think of any rational or logical reason why Nike would put this guy on the front of their ad considering majority and I'm not going to sound racist here because it's the truth. Uh, it's about almost, it's like 70% of white people buy Nike products. They think, and believe me, a lot of them are Republicans and you're pissing basically half or more. probably about half of your clientele off. Um, you, 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 cause all these, all this clothing and shoes, you know, you look at the prices, you look at what they're doing, you look at the ignorance, you look at the lack of, uh, you know, morals that come from this and what they do with slaves overseas. But uh, go ahead, Dan. I want you to speak on this real quick. Yeah, if I can. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got it. Um, let me go a different um, Yeah. First of all, anybody who knows anything about the real world, Knows yep. that corporations do not get involved in politics because yep. they can't they can't control it. Now right. I believe I believe the people at Nike are people yep. who genuinely believe in what they believe, regardless regardless of shareholders or of the public, and so they are. The management of Nike had plenty of opportunity long before this ad run for various levels of management to say, no, this is stupid. It'll, it'll hurt our brand. It'll hurt our relationship with our customers. But they made the decision to go ahead and do it because they are elitists. They think that they but don't know you think it's better a, what about, than it's their because customers. They're left this is what about the leftist ideology they believe in? Well, that's part of it. But what I'm saying is it is 
it's if you understand that this that the culture and the environment of many corporations in America, like the social media, are clearly left leaning. And yep. so if there was any kind of any kind of controls in that yep. organization that had an opportunity to say, No, this is a stupid right. idea they right. weren't in place because they went ahead and did it. And don't right. and you can take that to the bank that they didn't right. run this ad without high governance approval. Yeah. And, and Dan, you know, you make an interesting point in a sense that I do believe that Nike basically is the type of brand that says we don't give any fucks what anybody thinks. We're going to do what we're going to do, and that's going to be that. Um, at the same time, though, if you look at how much power Trump has over, you know, these corporations, especially when they try to take the protesting route and backing up somebody like Kaepernick, who we all saw Trump defeat the NFL. We saw how badly the NFL suffered because they kept enabling guys like Kaepernick. Uh, uh, do you see this as something uh, Trump uh, – I, I mean, I, I strongly see it. I see Nike uh, probably dropping to all-time lows in their shares, and I even talked about it um, on, my, uh, on my social media this, this week. I, I think they're going to go to an all-time low eventually, and I think Trump's going to de- you know, defeat them in a sense. I mean, their brand's never going to go away, obviously, but I think Trump's going to do a lot of damage to Nike because uh, you know, they're not being patriotic. And you know, uh, just with the whole Kaepernick situation, I mean, we saw how much Brahma this guy dr- brought to people's lives and to, the, to America. And, I mean, let's face it, he doesn't give two shits about black justice, Kaepernick. He's he, he has a white mom. He's not even black. He's I think he's Cherokee or something. He's not even black. But it's like it's like Obama, like white mom, like not even black. It it, it, it it's one of those things though. It's attention seeking behavior, and I don't think anybody would disagree with me on that. I mean I mean liberals would. They think he's fighting for something that doesn't exist. I mean, you know, I mean, sure. You know what? I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. I'm going to go back on that for a second. Police brutality absolutely does exist. And I know there's still racism with cops in the world, but it's blown way out way out of proportion, and that's the first thing the left jumps to is white cop cops being racist and are all bad and they generalize and we have all these terrible things. And we've seen the kind of influence that Kaepernick has led on the field, wearing socks with cops dressed in pig outfits? Are you fucking kidding me? And he's wore a um, who's the communist from Cuba that died? Um, oh God. Uh, come on. Somebody help me out, please. Ruled it for years. Castro. Yeah, Castro. Castro what? wore a Castro shirt in a live press conference, and he has the nerve to try to say the problems in America. He has the nerve to try to speak out about justice. He hangs it out with people like Linda Sarsour, who's a Muslim fucking Sharia law radical terrorist. I mean, the people who is, the left who is, hang out. She was arrested yesterday for uh, yep. disrupting the we're Kaepernick to, uh, hearing. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, the Kavanaugh hearing, yeah. So let, let me make it. Let me, make a, let me make a point before I have any yeah. no voice left. Yeah. You want to look at an example of what's going to happen to the company? Look at Facebook stock. 
Yeah. Facebook stock dropped twenty five percent in one day. Then yep. it had a modest then it had a modest rally, and then it fell back to near term lows. I would expect to see the same thing happen with Nike. I would expect to see it to, to hit a bottom somewhere, bounce off of that bottom maybe ten fifteen percent, and then go back right. and, and crash again. And whether it hits a new low, I don't know. But the stock, from an investment standpoint, is broken. Let me let me ask broken. you this. So, in other words, you see a slight disruption. No, I, I Nike, see. I see the same thing happening with Nike that happened with professional football. They've alienated the fans. The fans are not coming back to watch the games because they broke the mystery. The mystery of football was an escape from reality. Kaepernick and his friends bought reality to the football stadium, and the fans don't want that. They want the mystery and the magic of football and football only. When you brought politics in, it's like the emperor had no clothes. They ruined the sport. Nike, through its activity today, has ruined their company. may never be the same. Well, yeah. Well, it's definitely damaged. It's definitely damaged without a doubt. And, you know, I want to I wanna know what leaders of Blacks for Trump thinks about the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. My brother, leaders of Blacks for Trump, Michael, what do you think about this situation? Well, um, what I think about it is, um, first of all, all of the shootings that have been caught with calls Colin Kaepernick to – go on one knee was not done by white European Gentiles. I looked up every last right. shooting, and every one of them were East Indian. Colin Kaepernick is, and he apologized, and I got the newspaper article. He, he got a white mama. Himself, yeah, and he, and he is himself an East Indian, and he calls himself Cat. <laughs> so this is what's terrible. If Jeff had a shooting of like Raja shot a black man in the head in West Palm Beach, and every black man was saying, white people just shooting us. But when you look up Raja, he's an East Indian. You look up um, Aliyadah, who shot the black kid laying on his back with his hands up in the air in surrender form. He shot him in the side three times. And then black people said, oh, man, these white people killing us. But when you look up East Indian, Peraza, who shot a black man in the heart, and black people talking about, oh, man, these white people killing us. When I went to court to see that 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 guy Peraza, his his family members were all dressed in full East Indian garb. You understand? They looked he looked white, but he wasn't a white man. Not one white gentile shoots us like that. Now, here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. Here's an East Indian getting on one knee and black people go on one knee to protest. And white from one another when the East Indians and the Cherokee Indians who uh, Michael before cutting out a little bit. Oh okay, can you hear me now? Better way better, yep, go ahead. Okay, 
Okay, Darren Wilson himself was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian who shot the black kid, saying, holding his hands up, saying, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. This guy, Darren Wilson, is a full-blooded Cherokee, and 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 he's totally different from a white Gentile. So the Cherokees are actually Slavs or Serbians or Canaanites, as, I, as you would put it, who are white Africans. Now, here's the deal. Black people, if you want to killings of black people, stop going to the Indian reservation and going to their gambling halls. Don't go on a knee <laughs> in front of a football game when it's not white Gentiles that are killing us. They are hurt to their heart that you, who they fought for to free, because most people don't know that most of the plant, most of the reservation, I mean, most of the slave plant on reservations, 76% of the Confederate Army were Cherokee. I know nobody believes that, but you'll eventually go look it up. The Cherokees are the ones that had us in slavery. White Gentiles who came from the north came to free us, and they were the Northern Republican Army. And those are our blood brothers, the Gentiles. That's why Jesus says he's here for the Jew and the Gentile, the black man and the white man. These, and, and, and until you wake up, the Bible says the two brethren must come back together, that Shem and Japheth, the fathers of the Jews and the Gentiles, the black man and the white man. The second Thessalonians chapter 2 says it's time for the two brethren to come back together, but they will not come back together except the sons of perdition are revealed and moved out of the way. The sons of perdition is the Canaanites, the Hamites, the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites are the East Indian Arabs and Pakistanians. Those are the sons of perdition that have us in slavery and are making black men and white Gentiles suffer. And until you acknowledge them and stop apologizing for what they're doing, um, smooth it over that I'm saying it's the Cherokee, or until you reveal them, because they can still be saved, they can still repent, me and you will not come back together because they got us actually protesting against white people for what East Indians and Cherokee Indians are doing to us. And got you apologizing, and black men going on their knees. Here's Colin Kaepernick. He started the whole thing. Michael, you cutting out. Keep going, though. Michael. Michael? Hello. Yes, yes, yeah, keep yes. Going. Okay. So anyway, all I'm saying is these, these, these Cherokees and these East Indians, as in Pakistan, they own 87% of all the businesses in America. Black men and white men own nothing. Now they're trying to separate us through every game in the world. They're out there saying black lives matter, and I've, I've been out there with them saying it while they're saying it. And I said, wait a minute, there's not one black man in the damn audience. These are all East Indians. Michael. White people are killing. You can't hear me? Yeah, yeah. Hello. Hey, you're back. Greg Gutfeld on Fox News has this video of this East Indian guy standing up saying, white people are killing us, black people. They're killing us. They're killing us. I said, I ain't never seen an East Indian get killed by no white man. What the hell is he talking about? When you go to jail, you'll never see an East Indian, Arab, Pakistani ever in jail. You understand? And these people got us fighting against our own white brothers when they're the murderers of us, and they're the, they're the killers of us, and they're the ones that's 
doing all these drugs, they're the ones that's doing the drive-bys because there's the drugs are being sold from the Arab stores in the black neighborhood. And they, and then when they don't sell the right amount of drugs and bring the right amount of money back, the Arabs and the East Indians, they're the ones that do the drive-bys because they can bring guns into this country. They can bring drugs into this country because they're over here under the most favorable immigrant act. And they are allowed to come into this country. Their boxcars can't be checked because they have UCC um, rights to keep them from being, I mean, they got the rights of a diplomat. You can't even check their boxcars. They sell opioids in Walgreens and then put white men and black men in jail that they are allowed to do legally. This is insane. Trump is waking up to it and he is, and he's going to change it and he has been changing it. So what I think about yeah. Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, go to hell, you bastard, black, no good, chump you that ain't even a real black man. You are an Indian boy. Get the hell out of my face and leave black people alone. And you black men, stop following these East Indians because every black leader we've ever had, our teachers have always been East Indians. When you go, or Arabs and Pakistanis, we're all Israelites. Even our good brother, Minister Farrakhan, and our, our great brother, Minister um, Elijah Muhammad, who was their teacher? An Arab named Pastor Farad Muhammad. Who was the teacher of Martin Luther King? Well, how about that? Mahatma Gandhi, another East Indian or an Ishmaelite. Who was the teacher of Marcus Garvey and the, the Rastafarians, Haley Selassie, an East Indian from Ethiopia? Who was the teacher of the brothers who called themselves the Moors? Well, who are the Moors? They are the Arabs. Every black leader we ever had followed the Ishmaelites. That's who we believe in. That's who we love. The brothers who call themselves Masons all learn from the Kufi Muslims. And we once we break the spell of the Ishmaelites, then we'll not we'll not follow people like Colin Kaepernick and all these Black Lives Matter people who are not even black. Damn that. No. And by the way, don't forget to mention, and I want everybody to respond, but don't forget to mention Black Lives Matter was founded by white feminists. Stinky, smelly, white, ugly feminists. Right. And they weren't even white. See, there, there you go. You don't even realize that most of those women who started it, they look white, but they were East Indian. Damn. Gotcha. Well, they got, well, well, the Bible I mean, says we call good evil and evil good. The Bible said my yes. people have went and gone backwards. You and all of our good white Gentile brothers are backwards as hell. And once you wake up, we're going to whoop yep. their ass. All I got to do is wake you up to the fact that these people have tricked us and got me mad with Gentiles when the problem is their ass, the sons of perdition. So when the white man right. and the black man come together, that's the end of their ass. That's why when they saw me and Trump stand on the stage together, it was over. Because they knew yes. that their veil had been taken away. They could, they'll never be able to hide behind the veil of action. They, what they are is wolves in sheep's clothing, meaning white Gentiles don't even realize that they are the sheep. What I mean by that is that they are God's children. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, excuse me, y'all. 
they are God's children. They are the actual sheep of the world because Jesus said he's here for the Jew and the Gentile, the black man and the white man. And we, but these, these people acting like they're white and acting like they're black are really wolves in sheep's clothing, meaning they look like they're white Gentiles, but they're actually East Indian, Arab, Pakistani, or Canaanite. Them really, really strange-looking white people that's white as hell. That are really albino white people who are white, damn it, Africans. They're not European. What about Sean King, leader? What about Sean King, leader of Black Lives Matter, the white guy? Yeah, well, the other leader is a black woman, right? And she's against Hillary, but they never show her because she spoke out against Hillary. And the other black, dark-skinned, bald-headed guy that's the other leader, he said, I'll take Trump as a president any day. That, that white guy you just talked about is another goddamn East Indian. That, they're so damn tricky, they got us deceived like, like you would never believe. So I'm against all of those bastards to like they're us. Yo, yo, but how, I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, you got to admit, it, it's pretty, you know, I, I, you know, I, I use the word, I'm going to use the word pathetic, but I'm, I, I want to say the word gay, but I don't mean it in a, in a, um, in a offensive context, but the slogan, I'm with Cap, he trademarked it, Kaepernick, I'm with Cap, is probably the gayest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, pro- is that he the same thing as I'm with her? I'm with Hillary. Yeah, well, I I don't understand what you meant by that, but I could tell you that he's saying he's with Cass. Is he saying no, he's with Cass? You know, Colin Kaepernick and, and Dan and, and Valerie. I want you to respond to this. He trademarked a um a motto that says "I'm with Cap." That's his slogan. Like Hillary had "I'm with her," Kaepernick has "I'm with Cap." Oh, with Cap. Oh, yeah, of course, because they know black men follow them. You know, he, he, he's actually, since he's an East Indian, they, they, try to, they make you, everybody always backs them up and makes us follow right. them because we right. don't know any better. And it is gay because that's who they are. They are Kama Sutra. They, they, they believe in that gay stuff, but it's not all East Indians. <laughs> it's just a, it is the nobles of them that Jesus and King David was against. When you read Psalms 8 through 1 through 5, when he names the nation right. that had us in slavery and destroyed us, he named yeah. all of the Ishmaelites. And when he named yeah. them, he, King David went on to say, oh, God, please kill yeah. the nobles of them that did it to us. So we're not against right. all of them. We're against the nobles of them who sit in high places. So I'm right. not mad with all Canaanites, but Rockefeller is in trouble. I'm not a man with all Edomites, <laughs> but I tell you, that goddamn... Uh, Rob Childs is in a whole lot of trouble. I'm not mad with all Arab descendants and Pakistanians, but goddamn it, Saud of Saudi Arabia, he's in a hell of a lot of trouble because he's the nobles. You understand? But when yeah. the white man and the black man wake up and come together in unity and and acknowledge and stop being afraid of them calling you a racist, they already calling you that. Acknowledge that it's not you, it's them that are doing it. Don't be yep. them. And they only they only call you a racist when they lose the battle, when they lose the talking right. points, when they lose the argument. And when they can't get you to back them up, 
with black people because they getting they you they got you scared to say it's them because you don't want to be called a racist because everybody feels so sorry for the East Indian. Oh my God! Man, get the hell out there and stand up and gird up your loins like a man and be a man. You know goddamn well when Sean Hannity got on TV, I had I was explaining to black people. Sean Hannity was saying. A white man would never shoot a white a black man holding his hands up with a gun. And and black people they that crap shot up. I said, listen, let me tell you what he was really saying. A white Gentile would jump into a burning car and let himself die just to save you. That's the nature of the white European Gentile. So when white people yeah. see that they're saying a white man shot a black man like that, it hurts them to their heart. Because if that is true, they feel condemned because their nature is to help the helpless, and it hurts them to see that it appears that a white man would shoot a black man in such a manner. And so I said, let me tell you what, what he's saying. is absolutely right. A Gentile wouldn't do it, but Darren Wilson, you look him up, he's a full-blooded Cherokee. Darren Wilson, the name Wilson is, is the third most prominent name in the Cherokee Nation. And if you look at him, the crackers' eyelashes are white. Forget his eyebrows are white. He's so white he can't ever go out in the goddamn sun. He's blistered to death. That's a Canaanite. That's not a Gentile. He's a white African. Canaanites are the sons of Ham. Ham is the father of all Africans. He raped Noah, and God Yahweh cursed him and turned him white as snow, and then. And now he cannot get vitamin D. He's a murderer by his nature. He's a damn beast. He's totally different from the Gentiles. The Gentiles are good people. They got great hearts. When you read the story of Shem and Japheth, Shem, which is me, would kill you for even saying something negative about his little brother Japheth because he was always the helpless little brother who always who always needed help, and everybody was trying to pick on him, and Shem wouldn't allow it. That's why you won't allow nobody to pick on me. That's why you went out and, and, and got yourself killed in the Civil War to fight for me because when, when I was the big brother, you needed my help. Now I need your help. You understand? So when I needed your help during the Civil War, here you come, and you did it. And I can show you throughout the whole Bible Abraham went and got Mamre and Esco to help him deliver from Sodom and Gomorrah to help him get Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Guess who Mamre and Esco were? They were the king of the Gentiles. The king of Gabesh, the king of the Gentiles, helped Moses go and destroy the Canaanites and kick them out of Canaan and get our land back. David had Hiram of Tyre, who was specifically called the king of the Gentiles, help yeah. him get the Canaanites out of Jerusalem. And then when they, yeah. and when Solomon built the temple, Hiram of Tyre, that same king, helped him build the temple. And then when they came in, the Babylonians took the temple from us and, 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 yeah. and conquered us and took everything to Babylon. Cyrus, the great-great-grandson of Hiram of Tyre, a Persian, and look up the word Persian, it means me. The word me is the Iranian. Look it up. And when you look up me, it's going to say Medi. And when you look up Medi in Genesis 10, 1 through 5, it says Medi is the fifth-born son of Goma, who was the first-born son of Japheth, the father of all the isles of the white European Gentiles. That's Genesis 10, 1 through 5. So now, right. here's another Gentile coming to our rescue. And then when they tried to kill in Persia, 
when they when 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 Haman wanted to kill all of the children of Israel, who yeah. comes to our yeah. rescue again? The king of the Gentiles, Ahasuerus. There you go. All throughout history, when we got in trouble, here you come. A man named Pilate, the Revelation 1 of 113 through 15, describes Jesus as a woolly-haired man with black skin. And guess who tried to save him? Pilate, a doggone good Gentile. Damn. Who tried to save him? Caesar. Caesar was a, a Gentile. Who tried to save us during the time when we were trying to um, when they was capturing us as slaves in Africa, who surrounded Africa and did an embargo on Africa and killed every man they caught with slaves on the ship? The British and the Germans. Who are they? The Gentiles. Who freed us from slavery? What? I can't believe it. Here come the Gentiles again. It's been happening all throughout history. The Gentiles all day, baby. The Gentiles all day. Damn right. The Mike. Just, Mike, stay yes, on the line. Stay on the line. I know people want to ask you questions. Valerie, and, no, actually, Dan. We'll go to Valerie first, and then I'm going to get to Dan, and then uh, Dr. Bustler. But, uh, Valerie, go ahead. I, I know you have questions. What am I talking? What's the question? No, I, I said <laughs> I know you have questions for Michael. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> your talk is way over my head. So basically, can I sum up what I thought you said? That um, you, you think that Ka- Kaepernick w- does not represent the football players. He represents himself. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm saying Kaepernick is not a black man. He is an East Indian. And he's telling us to get on our knees to protest white Gentiles for <laughs> the murder of black people. When in actuality, the people that are killing us are mostly <clears throat> and Cherokees. They're not white Gentiles. So he did right. to protest against them for what right. these people are doing to us, which makes no damn sense at all. No. You understand? It doesn't, no. Yeah, I hear you. No, so I, am, I, am for, I, I am for <laughs> the white Gentiles. And, and a lot of people think that because the East Indians and the Cherokees were smart enough to mix with us, so that, that we would defend them thinking we were defending ourselves, but we don't get the same privileges they get. Like, you know, we have to pay taxes. We have to have driver's license. We got all these regulations that they don't have to do. None of that do they have to do. But we'll defend them thinking we're defending ourselves, and then we put our own selves in slavery because we feel sorry for them. I'm not going to feel sorry for, for, for a person who gets $5,000 a month to run a business in America right. from my tax dollars. I'm not going to feel and let, sorry let's for face, let, Let's face it. Let's face it. The, and, I, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, these men are multimillionaires, overly privileged, you know, pieces of scum that kneel. And in their off time, you don't see them getting on their knees. They're only getting their, on their knees like homosexuals during the season. You know, I, I meant that in a in – a, I didn't mean that. No, but you're way. I meant that in a slang, funny way, in a sense. But I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not politically correct, so I'm not going to actually apologize. But, but, but let's let's just let's really get to the bottom of this. It's all attention-seeking behavior. They don't care about black lives because if they did, they'd be in Chicago. They'd be in all these places where all these people, blacks are getting killed, and it's 99 percent. Is black on black crime? You got that one percent. You got that less than one percent. Rory, Rory. Rory, I have to stop you there because, you know, 
blaming those black guys for getting on their knees is ridiculous because you are right. You can't blame white people and you can't blame black people. Instead of calling them names, don't worry about calling them names because they don't know what to do because they're deceased. So you don't you don't chastise the leopard for having spots. You chastise the teacher who trains him to go against that which makes sense. The people don't know what they're destroyed for the lack of knowledge. If you're destroyed, if you got a cold, you better believe the black man has the flu. You understand? So we got to teach him. So when I talk to black football players and I let them know what's going on and show them that Colin Kaepernick is an East Indian and that he's the one that's killing me, then it changes. Instead of getting angry with them, you what you do is explain it to them because they don't know. You understand? Because my job yeah. is to get them to come to you, not to alienate yeah, no, I, no, I hear, no, no, I hear you. We do, we do have to stay, stay on, Mike. Valerie, you want to respond? I, I know you asked him a question. Did I, I, would you want to respond? Well, no, I, I pass. <laughs> let Dan, okay. let, let Dan have. Dan, I know you have thought. I know Dan, I know you have thoughts <laughs> on this whole culture and what's going on and everything. Go ahead, Dan. I really want you to to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Michael, leader of Black for Trump, was on a roll. He was on a roll. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Dan. Dan? I think, Dan, are you still on the line? Yes, I am. Okay, I can hear you now. All right, cool. Um, want I want you to speak on this issue though. What what Michael Black oh, said. I know he's losing his voice over there. He needs some tea. Um, I, I think that it's it's really um, it's really a sad state of affairs when we are still uh, determining um, the rights of people based on the color of their skin. We have a right. constitution. I was listening to Judge Kavanaugh today, and he was talking yeah. about various rights under the Bill of Rights. And, and uh, right. while we're not we're not finished, and that was his word, finished. We're continuing right. to evolve. Um, there will always be people who hate. There will always be people who are bigots, and yep. um, we just have to make sure that they're minimized. But. Um, I think that the Democratic Party is a party of hate. Uh, it's lost its heart and soul. lost its heart and soul, and it's it's just uh, a party of hate. And yes, as sir. much as I would look, I'd love to stay with you, I don't have much voice left. No, I, I absolutely understand that, and I, I do want to, um, you know, ask <laughs> you real quick. I know you wrote about this. And I want you to speak on this before you go. The Megan McCain uh, and the anti-Trump, uh, uh, you know, funeral, funeral over the weekend. Basically, it wasn't even didn't even look like a celebration of, of John McCain's life. It was more of like an anti-Trump rally at that funeral. I know That's you wrote about this. I kind of want you to speak on that a little bit. I wrote a piece. I told you about it earlier today. It's on Newsmax right now. And I looked at the two funerals, and I, I, I was embarrassed. I was. They did the same with Aretha Franklin. Did you see? They did the same thing. They blamed Trump. It was an anti-Trump mm-hmm. thing. 
Um, Yes, I I wrote about that in the article today. Um, Tomorrow morning I'm going to a a funeral of my second brother-in-law to die in six weeks. And um, between those two gentlemen, I had two first cousins who were brothers, a family of four sons. The oldest and the youngest died also within the last six weeks. So funerals are very sensitive to me at the moment um, because I've lost loved ones. But I, 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 I think that my disdain for the Democratic Party when I had Barack Obama and, and George W. Bush attacking the president through the forum of the celebration of life of two magnificent people, I didn't like John McCain, but I didn't need to like John McCain because we yeah. have a free country that allows people like John McCain to exist. Yeah. But when you're talking about attacking an a sitting president at the funeral yeah. Yeah. of another person, it's just unacceptable to me. Yeah, and, 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 then, that's and, and one last, if I can get it out, one going? last point. After yeah. Aretha Franklin funeral, mm-hmm. a bishop was accused of groping one of the performers. And Ariana Grande, he touched your kid. He touched your kid. Um, <laughs> how, how outrageous is that? That we've got. That, a, yeah, a, a, and a, imagine a, if that was a Republican. Imagine the outrage if that was a Republican. They'd be calling bloody murder. They'd be calling for crucif- uh, 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 crucifixion. I mean, they want they'd want death. They'd want blood. They want crucifying. They want. I mean, they'd be screaming liberal media. Can you imagine? I would. I would leave you with this one fact. I believe that we will see sometime this week. Yep. Two polls. One will be on what the American voter thought of the performance of the anti-Trump people at the funerals, and the second poll will be what did the American people think of the behavior of the Democratic Party on the first day of hearings of Judge Kavanaugh. I think in both cases, the Democratic Party comes out as a loser in the midterms. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Go ahead, Valerie. Dan. I agree with you 100%. You know, it's like, who are the grown-ups here? Who are the people that are going to lead our country? And like you said, if the Democrats are going to continue with this hatred, you know, people don't want to hear it. And it's just, it's disruptive of the country. And, you know, if they're going to turn around and, and constantly criticize Trump for, you know, not being a big boy, I mean, then maybe they need to grow up a little bit themselves. And I do... um, Rory, and going I'm back to what you right there. Rory, go, hold on a second. Go, going back. Hold on a second. Going back to what you said, Dan. I'll let you talk in one second. Dan, going back to what you said, that was a black guy that grabbed Ari on a Grande's tit. And imagine if that was a white guy, they'd be saying white privilege. And imagine if it was a Republican. But it's a black guy and it's a Democrat, so he fucking gets away with it. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to touch her there. Yeah, bullshit, dickhead. You know exactly what you were doing. Right. 
Like, seriously. I, I mean, I hate the double standard. And anybody that ever wants to debate me on a double standard with these liberal lunatic Fruit Loops, I'd love to take any, any one of them on. Because none of them can fight physically or verbally. And they're pretty much safe space pussies that, that need uh, a constant validation and, and they need trophies for everything. I'm sick of these fucking people. You know what? I'm sick of the left. I'm tired of it. And then, and then they cry victim. They cry victim. They play, they play this role that, oh, we can do nothing wrong. Oh, and, you know, and I'm going to tell you liberal logic. I'm going to tell you liberal logic real quick. And this, this is literally the truth, is that the, these liberals would point us Republicans for not agreeing with Obama as, as, as racist individuals as racist people, and for not agreeing with him simply, for not fucking agreeing with the monkey, the Muslim, who I can't fucking stand, and I, he's a liberal piece of garbage, and I wish somebody, I really wish he never existed. He's a scum, and I, and I, I you know what, there, there's a lot of people that, you know, want to punch that guy in the face, and I really wish somebody would punch him in the face. I'm not condoning any violence, but you know, he's a real piece of fuck. He's a real piece of work, I'll tell you. Um, but the, the, just, just the way he divided this country, just the situation we're in. We're in a terrible situation. We're in a terrible situation because of him. I mean, the guy is the worst president of all time. There's no doubt about it. I mean, this guy, I can't, I can't even believe what we had to deal with, some of the shit. And now the left is still pulling the whole coddling and the whole... Uh, you know, childish behavior that Obama enabled and taught them. And, you know, I mean, it's like this pouting. I mean, just like grow the fuck up. Seriously. Sorry. Go ahead, whoever. I know somebody wanted to say something. My bad. No, I wanted to say. uh, Yeah, who who am I speaking with? I got a 248 number on the line. Who's 248 calling in? Oh, this is Ed from Detroit, Michigan. Who is this? Ed from Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, I don't know you, Ed, but nice to have you call in. What can I help you with? And then I'm going to introduce Dr. Bustler. But stay on oh, the line, sure. I just want to make a comment. Leader, leader of Black for Trump. I, oh, I to say all right. That. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, leader of Black for Trump is here. Um, we oh. have all this good stuff. Um, but Dr. Bustler, I want to give you the great introduction that you all you deserve. Economics expert, public policy analysis, economist, writer for Town Hall, Newsmax, Live Zet, and a professor of finance at Stockton University, New Jersey, Dr. Michael Bussler. How are you? Hey, Rory. How are you doing? I've been listening to the very lively conversation. Yeah, it, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, you know, we've all gotten into a lot of in-depth conversations, and uh, yep. I wanted to – I know you called in, you know, a few minutes ago, and I was – Wanted to get to you, but I kept, you know, getting into this whole. Yep, no problem, circle. no problem at all. And, you know, I'm, I'm and, good. You know, just to just to finish off my rant, you know, nobody's racist in this world. No, nobody's hateful. Nobody. This is what the left makes up, and they fill the black community's heads with, oh, the white man's racist. The Republicans are racist. They're out for your bad. They're mm-hmm. they're they're not out for your. You know, and it's just, and that's what this kneeling. It's. I mean, if you look at who's killed every year, I mean, you've got all these white people and all these innocent families that are targeted, 
and it's never talked about. But the minute, and, and all this black-on-black black on, this black on black crime is not talked about, but the minute you have a white cop go after a black guy, the less than 1% chance the NFL and everybody starts protesting. I think it's sick. I, you know, I want to move on to topics. We've been talking about this for a long time. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, Dr. Bussler, I want to know if you have any thoughts on this, but I do want to move on. And I want huh. Blacksburg Trump to also give his last thoughts. But go ahead. Well, um, I've, I've uh, agreed with you about how I think the uh, elections in November are going to turn out. Um, everything you, you, you've been saying about the Democratic Party, uh, essentially they're they're they not really putting out the anything. Plantation. They want them on the plantation. It's yeah. slavery. I mean, what they're doing is slavery. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Yeah, and they're uh, – you know, because they have the the media backing, and because they're uh, attacking Trump <clears throat> so much, I don't know if you saw in the the New York Times today. You may have heard about that. Um, they ran in a uh, op-ed piece um, by someone who refused to sign it, an anonymous, um, about how chaotic uh, things are with Trump and how bad things are in the White House and. Uh, how they, I know. his own White House yep. staff has to control Bob, him. Bob Woodward, um, Bob Woodward, and I, and I want to play. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Woodward is his name. I want to play a clip of basically Trump debunking uh, some of this. And Michael Blacksford Trump, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, stay yeah. on the line. Listen to this, and then we're going to talk about this. This is a big deal right now. Uh, one four, quick clip. I wish you good luck. Thank you very much. I am. I'm happy uh, with the Kavanaugh hearings. I watched today for a little while. I saw some incredible answers to very complex questions. Uh, he's an outstanding intellect. He's an outstanding judge. He was born for the position. I heard as long as 10 years ago, people were saying he should be a Supreme Court judge. I didn't know him at the time, but I was hearing from a lot of people, friends of mine from Washington and other places, saying that Brett Kavanaugh should be a Supreme Court judge someday. And I'm honored that I gave him the chance. I've watched his, his uh, remarks. I've watched his performance. I've watched his statements. And uh, honestly, they've been totally brilliant. I think that uh, the other side is grasping at straws. And really, the other side should embrace him because you're never going to find better in terms of talent or intellect than what you have in Brett Kavanaugh. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. He's lying. Sure. No, Bob Woodward. No, the book? You mean on the book? Uh, the book means nothing. It's a work of fiction. Already General Mattis has come out very, very strongly. And I think you know General Mattis. He does what he wants to do. He's a very independent guy. He was insulted by the remarks that were attributed to him. And he came out with a very strong statement. I assume you read it. I hope you read it last night. General John Kelly, the same exact thing. He thought he was insulted by what they said. He's right here. Uh, he's insulted by he couldn't believe what they said. And he put out a very, very strong statement, and many others, and other statements are coming out. The book is a work of fiction. If you look back at Woodward's past, he had the same problem with other presidents. He likes to get publicity, sell some books. But we have done more as a, an administration than any other administration in already less than two years. It's incredible. We will soon be approaching two years. But there's no administration, probably, and even you folks have generally acknowledged this, that has done more work. When you look at tax cuts, 
regulation cuts, Supreme Court justices, the court system generally, and so much more, even if you look at the health care programs that we're passing, and all of the things we've done, we're saving Social Security. The Democrats will destroy Social Security. We're saving Medicare. The Democrats want to destroy Medicare. You look at what they're doing, they're going to destroy Medicare. And we will save it. We will keep it going. We're making it stronger. We're making Social Security stronger. We're making our whole country stronger. So uh, all you have to do is look at the achievements. But I was very honored when, without my even knowing about it, uh, statements were put out by General Kelly, by General Mattis, highly respected people by everybody, including yourselves. Uh, and the book is a work of fiction. Uh, it's a, it really, if you look at it, it was put out to interfere, in my opinion, at this time with the Kavanaugh hearings, which I don't think it's done, because so many people have come out against it. So many people who have been written about said that I never said that. Rudy Giuliani is another one. He's very insulted by the book and what was stated in the book. So uh, we run, we do run a strong White House, there's no question about it, and we are doing things that nobody else has ever been able to do. And our country is stronger now than it's ever been, and in a very short period of time, $700 billion being spent on the military the next year, 716, $716 billion. We will uh, actually be far stronger than we've ever been, and that's what we need it to be. Thank you all very much. Oh, we have a great relationship. Uh, first of all, I have a great personal relationship with the Emir, and uh, Kuwait is a place that uh, I've known for a long time. I have many friends that live in, in Kuwait, and they live, frankly, in Washington and New York mostly, that I know, and I've known them for a long time. Very, very uh, fine people. Our relationship and our bilateral relationship is uh, very, very powerful, very strong. And they view us as uh, a place where they've done very well and they like to invest their money in the United States, so we like that. So Canada's meeting with us right now as we speak. We have to make a fair deal with Canada. As you know, they charge tariffs of 300% on dairy products, which a lot of people never understood. Uh, they have walls up against us uh, doing business in Canada, and yet they come and do business with us, and we can't let that happen. Uh, look, we have a very strong position, and we are the one that people want to come in and take advantage of. They've been taken advantage of, along with it. I'm not blaming Canada. I love Canada. I love the people of Canada. But uh, they and other countries have been taking advantage of the United States for many years, and this is a president that has stopped it. Uh, we've made a deal with Mexico, and Mexico has been terrific to deal with, including their new president, who I spoke with, and I think we're going to have a very good relationship with Mexico going forward. And the deal is a much more fair deal between the United States and Mexico, because NAFTA goes down as one of the worst trade deals in the history of our country. It emptied out millions of jobs. It emptied out factories and plants all over the United States. And it was a very unfair deal and a very foolish deal. And in fact, you could say a very stupid deal for the United States to make. 
We are straightening out these horrible trade deals. As you know, we had 4.1 GDP. It was just raised to 4.2. Nobody thought that was possible. When the trade deals are fixed and made fair, uh, GDP will go even higher and potentially much higher than that. And if you go back to election and go back to campaigning, nobody ever would have said that was possible except me and maybe a few others that believe in me. Thank you all very much. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. We'll see. Say it, what? What? North Korea? Syria. Did you say Syria? Yes. Uh, I think it's a very sad situation in Idlib and the province, what's going on there. It's being surrounded, and they feel they have. 35,000 of their enemy there, and yet you have 3 million people living there. And I just tell you that they will hopefully be very, very judicious and careful, because the world is watching. That cannot be a slaughter. If it's a slaughter, the world is going to get very, very angry. And the United States is going to get very angry, too. Okay? I am watching that very closely. So it's surrounded right now and the province, and it's surrounded by a lot of people with a lot of weapons. And these are innocent people. You have three million, at least, innocent people there. And you have to be very, very careful. And the world is watching, and the United States is watching very closely. Thank you very much, everybody. I heard somewhere where they said the assassination of President Assad by the United States uh, never even discussed. The book is total fiction. Just like he wrote in the past about other presidents, you look at what he said about President Bush, what he said about President Obama, big scandalous thing, big, it lasts for about uh, a day. No, that was never even contemplated, nor would it be contemplated, and it should not have been written about in the book. Uh, it's just more fiction. The book is total fiction. Jesus Christ, they always get more and more questions out of them. God, these reporters are vultures. They would not have any ratings if it wasn't for this president. I mean, he gives them all of their money, all of their business, and all they do is treat him like jack shit. Right. It's it's sick, but Dr. Bu- Dr. Bustler, I want you to speak, yeah. you know, for a second on your thoughts on this whole NAFTA deal. You know, him including Mexico, but leaving Canada out. Yeah. Canada at this moment is being way too stubborn, and they, you know, don't want to uh, compromise. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's the thing: Tr- Trump is right about um, the uh, whole NAFTA deal. It was signed in 1994. At the time, for whatever reason, um, we slanted the agree- uh, agreements in favor of Mexico and Canada and to the detriment of the U- uh, U.S. 
Um, we allow them to bring products uh, into our country from uh, there's a lot of American car makers that even produce cars in Canada, bring in the uh, cars virtually duty free. And yet Canada yep. puts duties on a lot of our, our uh, products. The dairy products are a, a real good example. Our dairy oh, farmers yeah. are so efficient at producing dairy products. They can produce something, let's say, and sell it for a dollar that in Canada it take it costs them three dollars and fifty cents to produce. So the only way they can it's stay in business is if uh Canada puts it to Trump says three hundred percent, it's exactly a two hundred and seventy percent tariff on dairy products. So something that we'd sell for a dollar pays a two dollar and seventy cent tariff, gotta sell for three seventy in Canada. Well the Canadian manufacturers can make it for three fifty uh, yeah. So it essentially keeps the dairy farmers out of uh, Canada. We also have yeah. some agricultural issues with um, Mexico. And what Trump was able to do in the deal with Mexico is to say there's no tariffs at all on any agricultural products between the U.S. and Mexico. That's a great start. The other right. thing he did, which is, is big, is um, – if China makes a car and sells it over here, we charge them a, a tariff. Um, to yeah. get around it, what they do is they produce the car in China, send it to Mexico. Mexico yeah. uh, puts the floor mats in and uh, screws on the hubcaps and then says the car was made in Mexico and therefore doesn't have to pay any tariff. Um, so Trump well, fixed that. He said, at least 75% of the car must be made in, he said, North America, either uh, Mexico or Canada. So the deal he signed uh, with Mexico, um, it's not great, but it's certainly much better than we had before. Canada wow. is going to be uh, forced into uh, signing a new deal very, very quickly. One thing Trump likes to do when he's negotiating uh, one, negotiate from position of strength, which is why I put the tariffs on those people in the first place. And two, he likes to create a sense of urgency. So it forces people to come quickly to the negotiating table. That's also why he puts on tariffs. As, as long as he keeps saying he's going to uh, cancel NAFTA and sign an agreement with Mexico, he'd like to sign it with Canada, but if Canada can't uh, come on board, that's fine. I'll go with Mexico alone. That has created a sense of urgency with Canada. They were here last week, and they left. Um, according to Trump, they came back t today. I think by the time this gets done, it'll be a right. trade agreement between U.S., Mexico, and Canada. It will be more fair. Um, so we'll have free trade and fair trade. You know, one last thing. I like to um, use the example. Uh, if you're looking at NAFTA, it's like the U.S. is playing a baseball game against Canada and Mexico. We get three outs every inning, and because, for whatever reason, um, we give them four outs every inning. So after a couple of years, you notice we're losing every baseball game. So Trump says, yeah. from now on, everybody gets three outs per inning. Right. And, you know, Do Dr. Busley, you make an excellent point. And you're an economist. You're an economics expert. You write for some of the biggest newspapers, you know, in the, in the world, in, in our country, you know, and internationally. Um, and, and you know this stuff. And you look at, you know, what he's – you know, what's going on in terms of the – 
from the, from the financial standpoint of the deficit that Mexico has with us that has been built up over all these years and periods of time from these terrible presidents we've had prior, um, you know, and, and I'm a Republican, and, I'll, and I've said it firsthand. You know, George W. Bush led us in a lot of bad, different directions with some of the economic deals he made. I mean, Obama was by far the worst, yes, but, you know, there were things that Bush did that led into Obama. You know, it, it's all a buildup. I mean, if you yeah. look at what the deficit with all these countries and the trade and some of the deals that were signed – I mean, it goes back, and it goes, and it goes back to certain presidential legacies. I mean, there, there's these, and also these presidents that took over had the chance to get rid of some of these terrible deals, but instead, I'm sure they filled their own pockets from these foreign entities, and instead fucked over the American people like they have for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, President Bush and Obama. Uh, both knew that uh, NAFTA was not a good deal. Uh, it was signed yeah. in uh, 93, put into effect in 94. By 10 years, we realized that it has to be renegotiated. So Bush brought yeah. it up, and so did Obama. The thing is, it was not politically correct to right. to do that. So um, right. the politicians – now, remember, President yeah. Trump is not a politician. He's a business person. Business the politicians yeah. said – Right. We're going to have to uh, convene a summit and our economics guys will talk to your economics guys and come up with proposals. And then we'll bring them back and we'll talk to some government leaders and we'll meet again next April. And then we'll discuss some other counter proposals and bring take those back. We'll meet again the end of next year. And then before you know it, well, we'll just kick the can down the road to the next president. That's how politicians deal with things like this. Business people. once you once you see a problem in business, especially if it's affecting your bottom line, you have to yeah. uh, confront the problem very quickly. And that's exactly what Trump is doing. And he realizes that he's in a bad deal. He's created the sense of urgency, bringing people to the table. We had the European Union already agreed to start working toward yeah. no tariffs. Mexico has a deal. We've signed a new deal with South Korea, I believe, before the end of the year. China will be knocking on our door ready to make a deal, too, because their economy is hurting much, much more than uh, anyone's really through all of these all these tariffs. They're moving. They're moving at some of the slowest rates ever in history in their economic wise in China. I mean, they're really badly struggling. And, you know, you, you also another thing that Trump's threatening to withdraw from is the WTO which I think is great. Get the, get out of it. I mean, the U.S. does not need to be involved with it unless they can come to some sort of a, you know, agreement. Yeah, yeah, that needs to be renegotiated, too. I, I don't think Trump yeah. will pull out of it, but um, uh, he may, he'll threaten to pull out of it. And if they don't yeah. renegotiate something good, right. he will pull out of it. But I, I think something good will come out of that, too, that he'll end up getting – Trump believes in free trade as long as it's fair right. – and Fair. they're not taking advantage of us. He believes exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, so he's going to get yeah. that out of the uh, World Trade Organization. I think he's going to end up making that better too. Yeah. No. No. I absolutely. And, and and you look at everything. Valerie, go ahead. I want you to respond. I know you have some questions. Go ahead. 
Actually, I have some questions. Um, do you think that, um, I mean, it sounds to me like you think we're going to have, like, another deal with uh, Mexico, Canada, and, and us, but it seems like yeah. uh, Trudeau is much more difficult than Mexico, which was surprising. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, do you think there is any possibility that we'll have two separate deals? Um, I think both are possibilities. Uh, uh, Trump's uh, goal would be to have one North American deal, a good deal. Um, that would be his first goal. But if he can't get that, because as you pointed out, uh, Trudeau has a different set of objectives. Uh, if he can't get that, he'll sign a deal with Mexico and he'll just keep things um, with the tariffs on uh, Canada that he's put on. He'll keep them on there until Canada realizes that uh, they're really getting hurt by this and it's in their best interest to come up with a, a better deal. Remember, even though he has a deal with Mexico, uh, it is a treaty, so it has to get ratified by the Senate. Uh, so it won't mm-hmm. technically get ratified likely till sometime after the uh, first of the year. Um, by then, um, you should be able, I think, to bring Canada on board. Canada's back there now. They they really need to make a deal with, with us or they're going to start hurting. Uh, the, the, the problem with them is, like the dairy farmers, they're just very inefficient at producing milk, and unless um, they keep a high tariff on it, they can put the dairy farmers in Canada out of business because the U.S. produces milk uh, very, very efficiently, milk dairy products. Yeah. So it could go yeah. either, either, either way, Valerie. It could go either yeah, way. But Trump is prepared uh, to go either way. Well, it seems like it's a no-brainer. Canada should get yeah. you know become a part of it but i don't know trudeau's got you know i don't know it's a political thing i guess for him it is political it is political that's why i say i'm not sure what what will happen trump would prefer one agreement with all three of us but if trudeau maintains his the position that he's had uh recently then uh, trump will sign a deal with mexico and he'll just wait till canada comes to us how do you think trump is going to save face with the Mexico paying for the wall issue. Are we just going to, is he just going to drop I've, it? I've been worrying about, a, about that. Um, yeah, he's going to have a way. Thing, if I can chime in for one second, and I want you to respond, yeah, yeah. Dr. Bustler, but the only thing Go I ahead. can think of is he has to make some sort of economic trade deal that get, get, gets gets us reimbursed. I mean, that's the only way, subtle way of doing it. I mean, you, they, all the money they owe us, I mean, what is it, $58 billion, I think it is, with a B, that they owe us in trade deficits? I mean, they owe it to us, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I think they owe more than that, and we give them um, a foreign aid every year. I think what will happen is uh, sort of what Rory said. I think um, once NAFTA, or NAFTA, once the agreement with Mexico goes through, it will really bolster the Ameri- the Mexican economy uh, too. And I think once that starts happening, Trump will say, well, we don't need to give you as much aid as we gave you before. So if you take some of the aid we're saving, that'll help pay for the wall. So something like that, I think, could <laughs> could, yeah, could happen. Trump will somehow come. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and if you look at the, if you look at the cost of the wall, it's only nine billion, and nine billion with a B. 
Um, you know, and that's that's basically peanuts. That's 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 nothing compared to what they owe us. I mean, it, you really look at the way they're bitching and the way they're complaining about. Oh well, we we're not paying. For, I mean, it's just you know the, the greed, the taking advantage of us for all these years. I mean, this just the constant. Um, you know, it's and the enabling from our terrible politicians. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. And Trump's cleaning up a huge mess. Not only Absolutely. that, Corey, but I'm thinking about all the money that the taxpayers will save because people aren't coming in illegally. You know, we're paying right. for all of their right. health care and education and all those things. And I think we, that could pay for the wall in itself. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And now, you know what else I love is the Pentagon is now moving to slash $300 million from aid from Pakistan, which we don't fucking need. We don't need – that is the last place that, you know, we should have – be having certain people be coming from because we all know what uh, their main the, – you know, a lot of those people are not sending their best. And it's a waste of money on taxpayers. Yeah, you know, tr- Trump has taken a look at uh, a lot of this foreign aid spending. We give a lot of money to a lot of people that, that don't like us. Um, you know, even, yeah. uh, you know, he just cut off some aid to the Palestinians. Uh, I mean, uh, Hamas that runs the Palestinian uh, country yeah. over there, um, yeah. you know, has said some terrible things about us. And Trump says, why are we giving money to these people who, who uh, say these bad things about us and, and don't like us? So I think Trump's yeah, going to look cut, around he at He cut hundreds of everything. millions to them as well. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, um, another thing Trump is looking at, which is kind of interesting, um, the United States, really since after World War II, uh, has had the position that uh, we've got to maintain the peace in a lot of places around the world. So we end up having, uh, you know, 25,000 troops in Korea. We have how many in Germany? We have uh, troops in Japan. Uh, we're really keeping the peace. And, you know, Trump's saying we're, we're paying for everybody's safety. Um, maybe they yeah. should kick in part of the bill. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's in, kind of an know, interesting like view. Fair share. Yeah, I mean, look, but we're defending even. Trying... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say, even. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Valerie. Oh, go, no, go ahead. My, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, even his position with NATO. Look, the, the, the real purpose of NATO is to defend uh, Europe from any Russian aggression. Um, well, why is the U.S. paying whatever it was, 80 or 90 percent of the, the NATO budget when it's really uh, NATO is there to protect Europe? So Trump went over there and, you know, he said, look, you guys got to start kicking in more of this and we're going to pay less. And he's right. Um, So he's starting to look at some things we always took for granted that we had to pay all these things. Um, And, you know, it's bleeding money out of the country. And, you know, shouldn't these people pay for their own defense? We don't mind helping them out, but we don't, you know, why should we help them out and pick up the bill too? Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have to we have to wonder, you know, for so long, where has all of you know this these sort of dumb deals and this terrible leadership came from? We've had all these terrible politicians running our country, and all they've done is failed us. 
and they've given us this they've given Trump this terrible mess that he has to clean up. I mean, God bless Donald Trump. I mean, you talk about a guy that had everything he ever wanted. His billionaire lifestyle, everything, anything, every, any time of the day, any second of the day, anything he wanted ever. But instead, he becomes president and saves the, our country. And basically, he's sent from heaven. I mean, this is a, a God's <laughs> gift to earth. I really think I look at him as the second coming. And I know the leaders of Black for Trump will agree with me. I know he's on the line. Before you get to that, Michael, I know you're going to you got something to say about that. Real quick, I I want to I want to I want to say something to you, Dr. Buster. What's really important is that yeah. l- let's talk about you know the craziness with uh, President Trump recently blasted. Uh, get, I'm sure you know who um, Jerry Brown's sidekick is, uh, little li- little boy uh, Gavin Newsom in uh, California, uh, whack job. Yeah. Uh, basically, he wants universal health care for illegals in California. And President right. Trump's talking about, what if the entire world moves to California? I mean, we're, we're talking <laughs> about insanity here. And economically, you're an economist. Can you – I mean, I know the disaster it would create. I know the – I mean, I know. But I want you to tell the audience economically and statistically and just, you know – like very descriptive wise, how much of a massacre that would cause for our country. I mean, that would be, could you imagine? Well, yeah, you, you know, um, California has uh, two big industries that are very profitable and the people that work in the industries make very high uh, incomes. That is the uh, entertainment industry and the uh, Silicon Valley. Um, so there are a number of um uh, Californians who make real good income, uh, the taxes there are extremely high, but you know most of them don't seem to mind paying it because they're making so much, so much money. Well, they're using all that money and they want to use it all to pay for these uh, programs because they uh, perceive these social injustices, and uh, they uh, Newsom and those say that they have to provide health care to illegal immigrants. Well. Um, you keep doing programs like this, you know, and as, uh, as Margaret Thatcher said, you know, socialism works well until you run out of somebody else's money. Well, at <laughs> some point you keep doing this, you're going to run out of somebody else's money and you're going to run into a problem. I mean, that's what's happened in Venezuela. You're running out of somebody else's money to have all these social programs and, you know, it turns into a disaster. Right. And you have all these people like Bert, you have Bernie, Crazy Bernie, looks like he always just is just getting out of bed, um, and he always looks nuts. The guy looks—I mean, the guy—he also looks kind of like a serial killer. The guy creeps me out sometimes when he talks, especially when he gets all really intense in his eyes. But no, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. uh, this guy—you know—the stuff he spews to his supporters, all this free stuff, and what they fail to understand is nothing's free. It's taxpayer dollars. They're—they're right. they're paying. Exactly. They're paying. They're paying for this. And, you know, I I want to kind of, you know, I just thought of something that kind of just kind of clicked in my brain, which kind of makes sense. Do you think California is trying to bring all these illegals in because they want to have corporations hire, hire all this cheap labor? I mean, just like kind of what Nike does and what all these leftist elite large corporations do. They want the illegals so they can get them for a lower cost instead of hiring the American workers. 
Um, I don't know. I guess that I guess that is possible. We we have such a large uh, large agricultural industry in California. Also, a lot of the country's food is grown in California. They need a, a source of cheap labor. Um, I don't know what their motivations are, but uh, what you're saying, I think, is certainly feasible. Uh, you know, it could make yeah. sense. You know, you think of Silicon Valley, and you think of all the money in California, and you think of all the you know, uh, the situation with their government and how they have all these big corporations that originate there and are uh, based out of there. I wonder if their ultimatum and one of their main object- objectives among us, you know, obviously it's votes, you know, with a lot of, with a lot of situations, but it could be a cheaper labor, getting rid of the American worker. You see all the Americans that are leaving California because they can't deal with it yeah. anymore. Yeah, and even a lot of um, successful people are leaving California uh, because, on, you know, on top of uh, – exactly. You know, the um, individual uh, income tax in California could be as high as 13%. So you get somebody yeah. who's, you know, doing pretty well, and, you know, you're, you're paying in the 30s federal income tax, and you tack on 13% state income tax. Uh, you, you know, pretty soon you realize over half your income is going to the government. Uh, so um, I know people that are leaving. Um, I know a group that uh, in the financial services business, um, uh, private equity in San Francisco, they moved the whole company to Austin, Texas. <laughs> they say the weather's almost as nice, and you don't have to pay the 13% <laughs> income tax. I think the sales tax is even uh, a lot lower there. Right, right. No, absolutely, so, yeah. 100%. And you know, I, you know, I wanna wanna get to another you know topic before before you uh, you know uh, take off. Um, very important thing I really want to go over. Um, but for, first of all, I do want to tell my audience, you know, after we listen to this Trump clip, um, I want I want to debunk this real quick for everybody. After we listen to Trump speak, clearly this book by Bob Woodward, and we were getting into the whole Bob Woodward BS earlier about what Bob Woodward came out with with his book. It's clearly another fictional fire and fury. It's just another uh, one of those uh, things that people are trying to do to, you know, in a way, you know, try to sabotage Trump, but it never works. It just gets him more popular because people know it's just fake news and it's fiction. It's just another hit and attempt to try to bring him down, which is it's a pretty pathetic attempt because they've tried everything to bring him down, and he's defeated the whole entire media. He's defeated the entire establishment. He's defeated pretty much everybody. I mean, there's nobody he has not defeated. So I, I just, you know, you, you look at the gibberish in this in this new book, and, you know, I don't know, Dr. Bustler, if you followed it much, but it, it's a disgrace, you know, some of the things that were written in the book. and it, It's another fire and fury kind of thing. It's a, it's I'm, I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with that book that came out a few months ago, Fire and Fury. It's just fiction. It's just, yep. it's just gibberish. Yeah, the Woodward book, um, uh, you know, he says he's quoting anonymous sources. Um, anonymous sources, like CNN uh, would say. Yeah, and then the uh, the op-ed that was in the New York Times that didn't have a, an author. And, you know, they, they, they never do – they don't even publish a letter to the editor anonymously. Yeah. So I'm I'm shocked right. that uh, right. the New York Times would do this, um, but you know it's also very peculiar that they're trying to make Trump look so bad at the same time that uh, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but it happens to be the same time that the uh, Kavanaugh hearings are going on um, for his appointment yeah. to the Supreme Court. I don't know if they're trying to make Trump look real bad, and they figure then if they 
vote against Kavanaugh, you know, that would be okay because that's what Trump wants. Um, but I thought the timing was rather peculiar. Yeah. No, you're still no, no, you're still there. I can hear you. You're still there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The uh, Woodward book, I, I don't think, has anything uh, in it. And, you know, he's written other books about other presidents that also were quoting uh, anonymous sources. And that, that the the op-ed in the New York Times really is uh, appalling. Uh, if there is truly somebody in Trump's inner circle that's uh, trying to work as, against his agenda, it could even be a national security issue. They they really should find out who that person was. Uh, They've got to get him out of there. I mean, he's on Trump's payroll, and he says in the op-ed he's doing everything he can to stop the Trump agenda. Um so I, I think they're going to have to try to find out who this person is. I believe the New York Times said it was a he, um, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, you know, it's something right now that we're dealing with that, I mean, we have all of, and even Trump was talking about libel laws and, and you know, that kind of thing that um, – yeah you have all these people that can write whatever they want and it's sickening, you know, Um, they get away with this sort of thing. But, you know, we all know it can be debunked. Nobody's really going to believe it. Um, You know, it's one of those things where it's just, it's fabrications. I mean, all the things that are written, even Mattis and everybody else put out a statement that works in the white house, debunking it and all that stuff. Uh, I want to get yeah, one last thing with you, Dr. Buster, but uh, Valerie, respond yeah, yeah. real quick. Go ahead. I'm, I wanted to go back to um, your idea about having the hearing and the book at the same time. Um, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm yep. really, I think the hearings, I mean, I think really think the hearings are overshadowing it just because there's so much drama. It's like watching a, you know, a movie. Yeah. They can't even script it this well. Um, but I guess the first day I was really uh, disappointed with um, Chairman Grassley because he really let the um, those that were protesting kind of take over the hearing, and I mean that's his, his you know, his job, his baby to take care of, and I, I don't know, I guess. It took over a lot more than I expected, and I think today was a little better, but still not, not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I really you know, think that. It, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Valerie. You know, a lot of that uh, protesting looks orchestrated. Um, somebody much. stands up, and it seems every ten or fifteen minutes, somebody else uh, stands up. Grassley's in a very difficult. <laughs> position i think the democrats want him to react angrily so he'll look bad but he is Mm -hmm. being a gentleman he realizes that they have a right to say something and he waits until the people are uh, escorted out i I think the democrats behavior is utterly disgraceful um the way they're treating uh uh judge kavanaugh even if they don't agree with him philosophically okay i can understand that Uh, and they have a right certainly to question whatever they uh feel they have a need to find out about um they've already turned over more documents than they have for the last five appointees combined and they're still asking for more or or they want to shut the, the thing down 
Uh, look, we can have healthy debate. I mean, this is a democracy. We should have healthy debate. But their their behavior, uh, Cory Booker and that Kamala Harris are a little bit scary yeah. when they start I, talking. They, they interrupted. I agree with by you the 100%. way, by, by the way, yep. um, they interrupted exactly sixty two times. Uh, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and the Democrats when the when the hearing first started. Breitbart counted. They interrupted 62 times. Can you imagine? That's like got to show up in the election. It's disgusting. So. Can you imagine if Republicans did that? They'd be called. It's the double standard. It's, it, it's, it just it's wouldn't happen. Double. It's not our way. I and know it isn't. It really, <laughs> it really isn't at, at all. And, and the fact is that they had, and there's so much animosity towards the Kavanaugh. Um, nominee, and you see all this anger, and he's going to overturn Roe versus Wade. All these paid protesters going in there, getting arrested, including Linda Sarsar, who's the, who's the terrorist, the Sharia law uh, uh, hmm. women's women's march leader, the, the traitor. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you got all this stuff though that the, the liberals are doing whatever they can to try to mess with this. Nomination. I mean, the, the Russ Republicans don't mess with Democratic nominations. We never, we don't. I mean, it's not uh, under our ethics. I mean, you see all of this, like this, it's like scripted play. It's like all these people, these paid protesters, these people that are trying to cause disruption, these asshole um, Senate, these people uh, asking him questions that are so unnecessary, especially in front of his family and his daughters. Are you kidding me? Some of the that things they have. That was horrible. They had to take them out. Ugh. Are you? Yeah. And you know, I, you know, and and it's and it's just it, it's a thing that you know he's gonna get a, he's gonna get approved. He's gonna get confirmed. We don't need to worry. It's all good. But it just goes to show what the left's mentality and mindset is. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's so much hatred and so much they're they're filled with rage and totally uh, disqualifying the Trump agenda as much as possible and the closed-minded. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Um, yeah. You know, Dr. Bustler, you know, before you go, the very most important yeah. thing I really want to ask you right now, and this is going on on college campuses, and, and you're an economics professor on a, on a college campus in New Jersey, and you know you know you know this beach world very well, and yep. you know I want to play a quick clip clip of uh, Alex Jones getting into it with Marco Rubio today. Uh, Marco Rubio not sticking up for free speech good enough, and Marco Rubio kind of acting like a you know just typical politician scumbag that you know is kind of paid off and a typical rhino. You know what Marco Rubio is? He's he, he's never been a fully true conservative. I mean, there's some things he's done that are good, but Alex Jones and him, Alex Jones and him got into it today because he wasn't sticking. He was trying to pretend he didn't know Alex Jones, and he was trying to. Uh, you know, uh, push off the free speech war and trying to make it like it's not that big of a deal, Rubio was trying to say. And, you know, and you look at what happened to Alex Jones. He got completely banned. He got completely shut off the Internet. And this is the same sort of stuff that is happening on college campuses with people like Ben yeah. Shapiro, people like Tommy Lahren, people like, um, you know, uh, Stephen Crowder, you know, all these big, um, Candace Owens, 
um, Charlie Kirk, all these big peak conservatives that want to be on campuses, they're getting shut out. Their free speech is getting destroyed. But I want to play this quick clip with Alex Jones because you guys will love this. He just smacks the hell out of Rubio. And I literally, if you watch the video, you think they're going to get in a fist fight. And Rubio's trying to act like a tough guy. And I'm trying to think, when did anybody give Rubio any nuts? He, that's, Rubio's never had any balls. Come on. That's why <laughs> Trump called him Little Marco. Trump called him Little Marco for a reason. Here we go. Uh, one four. One, actually, no. Uh, clip one seven. I think it's important for them not to comply with any efforts to sort of go after freedom well, of expression. What about the Democrats purging conservatives? The, the, um, She's not answering him. Just the Republicans are acting like it isn't happening. Thank God Trump is. Well, I love you, Alex. Oh, yeah, it's really weird. There's no purge of conservatives. I don't know. There's no shadow banning. Are you concerned about bias in social media? Yeah, who's this guy? Are you concerned about bias in social media? Well, I think the bigger bias is against freedom of expression. Everybody should be. There's a, there's a, look, I, I support here. going after. It's here, but you say I don't exist. Is that a heckler or a press gaggle? Look at this guy. The, He's saying that I don't exist, and they're I just don't know who you are, man. They, I don't read yeah, your sure, website. Sure, and they demonize so me, me in these well, very hearings, the, and then he plays dumb. Infowars.com, you, you know what it is. Does, well. does Google, does Facebook, does That's Twitter, why you do they need to be regulated like what? Do they need to be regulated? Marco Rubio is a snake. He's a little frat boy here. All right, man. Who are you? I swear to God, I don't know who you are, man. You better hope you Tens of millions of views. Infowars. Better than Rush Limbaugh. He knows who InfoWars well, is. Playing this joke over here. That's why the deplatforming didn't work. But, but, yeah, but here, here's, here's sure. the question. Here's the question. Hey, don't touch me again, man. I'm asking you not to touch me. Well, sure, I'm just bad as you nicely. I know, but I don't want to be. I don't know. Oh, you you, to get I don't know who you are. It's not just good You're not going to get arrested, man. You're not, not going to get arrested. I'll take care of myself. Oh, oh, he'll beat me up. I didn't say that. You know I am, but he's so mad. You're not going to silence me. You're not going to silence America. Well, but, there are, but there are people. You are, like, you are literally like a little gangster thug. There are, there are people in this country <laughs> who Rubio feel that... Rubio threatened you. Physically, uh, take care of me. There are people who feel that. that they're being... Um, well, you already got rid of the First Amendment. They feel like he tells you China's a problem, which it is, but they're taking our like free speech Google, right now. Social, social media platforms, Facebook, There goes Rubio. Twitter. Do you believe that these, <laughs> these platforms need to be regulated like a public utility, and how do you go about doing that? Well, I prefer not to. I prefer competition take care of that. But obviously, we're going to watch closely to make sure that these tools that are being used... I mean, one thing is to say we're going to go after foreign interference designed to so and so. But it's already going on here. Another thing is to the say Democrats we're going to go after free speech. Because at some point, someone the has Democrats to make a determination. What's the difference between, you know, misinformation from abroad and differences of opinion within the United yeah, States. That's, that's a very here. fine line, and that's something we need to be careful about. We don't overreach in that direction. But then he doesn't know so about these companies have to be very careful about how they, uh, not just how they, how they apply that within the United States, Infowars. but they don't become agents of authoritarian regimes abroad to crack down on free speech because there's a balance between um, what is free speech and what people disagree on. Poor Rubio. Yeah, man, I gotta go to the committee. Exactly. Thank you guys can talk this. Oh yeah. Looks <laughs> a little frat boy. So cool. Go back to your bathhouse. Compromise at the bathhouses. There goes Rubio, little punk. God, I love Alex Jones, man. I I think Alex Jones is the greatest, man. I mean, he went up to Rubio when Rubio was in the middle of an interview and just completely fucking slammed Rubio because Rubio is not, you know, sticking up for 
a free speech enough. I mean, Rubio is kind of backing down. Rubio's not one of the tough re- Republicans. I think Rubio's getting kind of compromised by some of the Democrats. But, you know, uh, getting back into this whole free speech thing, we see Alex Jones at war with it, uh, Dr. Bustler, and you were you yeah. are on a college cam- you are on a college campus. You're an economics professor, where most of your uh, um, you know, campus is liberal, so you see uh, right. the uh, you see the bigotry, you see the uh, anti-free speech. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, only that um, on most college campuses today are very liberal, um, and while um, they don't necessarily uh, try to stop people from coming onto campus, rather what they do, they just never invite anybody. Uh, unless they are uh, someone who um, will talk about things from a liberal perspective. They don't invite conservative speakers on um, onto campus. The unfortunate part is the uh, students are only uh, seeing one side of, of every argument. Um, yeah. You know, as I, 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 I try to tell the faculty members, um, you really have an obligation uh, to present both sides of an argument. The purpose of... Uh, people go into college, you want to learn a skill, do this and that. But the real purpose is to learn what we call critical thinking skills. And uh, the only way to be able to come up with good solutions and to use those skills, you have to have good information. So you need um, both sides of the argument. And then let the students figure it out for themselves which side they believe makes the most sense. Uh, instead of giving them only one side of the argument and trying to brainwash them into taking yeah. a liberal perspective. Yeah. Leader, uh, lead, leaders of Blacks with Trump, are you yeah. still there? I'm still here, and I wanted to um, – I wanted. To no, I know you are. Saying... I know you are, Valerie, but I'm seeing if Michael, leaders of Blacks for Trump, is still here. Are you there, buddy? Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> Michael. Paging Michael. Paging Michael. All right, Valerie, go ahead. Michael Michael is not uh, answering the page. Go ahead. I just wanted to say thank you for um, mentioning that on college campuses, only one, um, one side of the story gets represented. And oftentimes when the Republican or the other side – wants to be shown, you know, riots are going on and they're, they're trying to keep um, these Republican or conservative speakers from coming onto campus. And I think it's a real shame because literally, you know, generations are coming through college not seeing the real world. You know, they're, they're being yep. taught, yep. you know, whatever somebody, whatever the school wants them to see and not what, you know, they aren't able to learn how to think. They're just learning yeah. and memorizing, and that's it. No thinking, and it's a detriment not only to our country, but you know, to um, you know, to truth. There's, you know, you don't, you can't find truth if you can't think. Exactly. You're absolutely Very true. right. You know, it, it it absolutely right, and you know, and I want you to respond to that, Doctor Bustler. And I do have a, I do have a thought, but go ahead. Well, just the last thing, Valerie's right. They're only getting one side of things. It doesn't um, uh, end up with uh, any kind of a good outcome unless you can take a look at, at everything. So they're brainwashing all these kids, and uh, 
what happens, the kids get out in the real world and they realize it's not exactly the way they thought it was going to be, and you run into you run into some trouble. So hopefully things will change with that too. Well, yeah, I mean that that is the ultimate goal, and you, and you see, you know, the social media, um, you know, the White House petition uh, demanding free speech on social media has hit has now hit a hundred thousand signatures. So now we we are getting, huh. you know, there's there's more and more uh, visible, uh, you know, uh, clarification that uh, you know we are uh, getting, you know, what what. Uh, Trump said, and here's the thing what we need to talk about. Trump said he's going to look at regulating Google and how their liberal biases. He's looking at going to regulate Twitter and how their liberal biases, Facebook, all of these tech central organizations and these, these online platforms that, you know, can basically block out any sort of free speech based on their choosing. Um, and I think that's very important that Trump looks at that. And, and the fact that he's taking that step, I mean, any other president would probably would not give a shit. Yeah. I, I yeah, don't I think, think it's oh. a good idea to, to regulate free speech. I mean, I think, I think they should go after the company itself for doing that yeah. instead of having yeah. the government do that. I mean, well, you not know, the if, government, if, but President if, Trump putting regulations on these companies that are canceling out these people that are taking away their free speech. It's terrible because if you sign up for Facebook or some of these YouTube or some of these, you know, different uh, organizations and they don't like your content, they don't like your voice, you know, they, they take can, you you know, yeah, <sighs> it's, they should not be allowed to do that. I mean, what are your thoughts, Dr. Bussler? Well, I, I think, um, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a free market guy, so I don't like to hear the word regulation on anything. But right. I think what they'll do well, is... I didn't mean regulation. Uh, I did, I, what I meant was, I didn't mean regulation. I should click, correct myself. What I meant was Trump needs to investigate these biased companies that are so bi- That's right. That's right. Like Google, like Google, Facebook, Twitter, that are basically canceling our conservative voices out and basically picking and choosing who they want to ban, who 99% of the time is conservatives because they don't want conservatives giving their voices or, that you know, because we know that we're giving a lot of the truth, so they don't want people knowing the truth. And it's kind of like a, a communist China, basically controlling what you see on the Internet. That's what the, these leftist right. companies are doing, and it's dangerous. When you're talking about right. taking right. away free speech power. and jeopardizing that, exactly. that is Dangerous territory. Agreed. Right. And I, they shouldn't have yeah, that and kind I think, of power. No. Go ahead. And I think what will ultimately happen, um, I, I was just going to say, um, I don't like regulations. However, I think they will put some laws into place that's, that will say it's illegal for those companies to uh, act in a biased fashion uh, toward any any of these things. What they're doing now um is um, what they call shadow banning, uh, which means yeah. you, you post yep. something up and they check times. it and they don't even let it go to your friends. <laughs> so, yeah. And they only do it for conservatives. So um, yeah. the government will say whatever policy you put in has to be applied equally to, to everybody. And if it sounds out that it's not, you'll have to pay some kind of a fine or a penalty or you know something for that. I'll tell you, you know, yeah, I'll tell I you the worst. Go ahead, Valerie. 
I was just going to say, you know, um, if there's incitement to violence, you know, if it's a, if it's a jihadist putting, you know, some kind of incitement or, you know, that kind of thing, I, I have no right. problem with taking that off. But beyond that, you know, this, the, remember you had Cody, uh, Cody Wilson? Last Cody week? Wilson, the uh, three, uh, yeah, the mo- one of the most hated men in the world uh, the, the, by the Democrats. He's a 3D manufacturing genius. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, yeah, he's Cody Wilson. He's all over InfoWars. He's on every big station. I mean, he's all over the news right now. But you can't really ban a printer, you know? Right. <laughs> so, you know, he's right. brilliant. He's gotten around the law, and I don't see how they can touch him because he's he's figured out a way to get around it. But if, if you're actually inciting violence like a terrorist would, you know, then, of course, yeah. I'm against free speech. But in general, I think, you know, should be left alone. So, so Valerie, pinpointing what you're saying, pinpointing what you're saying is, obviously, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, if it's inciting violence, absolutely ban them. But if it's hurting somebody's feelings, that's part of life. We need to live with that. And <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? We have all these snowflakes out there where if we hurt their feelings, we get blocked from Twitter or Facebook for a couple of days. I mean, it's ridiculous. The sensitivity and the environment and the world that we have created for these, you know, millennials and, the, and these individual creatures that totally are, in a sense, they're Marxists. I mean, these are radicalized, left-wing college kids, which I don't necessarily blame the kids for a lot, a lot of what's going on with shutting down, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about going back to the college, uh, shutting down free speech. You have all the violence, yeah. especially at Berkeley and stuff. But, yeah, I but mean, the problem scary. is. Yeah, go ahead. The problem is when they they learn all about those things on college campuses, and then they go into their districts and run for office, and then yeah. become you know congresswoman from New York. Then you know we're we're letting this happen. You know we have to stop it at the core, um, in the universities. And I don't know how to do that, but mm. like that's going to be very difficult. Yeah, it's it's very yeah. difficult. No, well, I think one thing we could do is is stop, you know, Saudi Arabia's oil money going into all these universities so that they can be in charge yep. of some yep. of the classes in the literature that's being yep. spent, you know, that's being used. I mean, there are some well, things that can be done, but if it's a private university, you know, it's different than than a public school. Well, so, that, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Do you see, and you bring up a great point, Valerie, because we. We, you bring up a great point, Valerie, because remember we had um, um, a she, Dr. Shiva, who uh, is running against Elizabeth yeah. Warren uh, in the primary in Massachusetts, and he's, a, he's the inventor of email. He's an MIT grad, uh, very brilliant guy, very smart guy, and he was even talking about how the Middle East gives all these liberal colleges like Harvard all these big donations and basically, in a sense, kind of control uh, some of what they do with their curriculum and, and how they must do things with their uh, college, which is kind of dirty. And what are your thoughts, Dr. Busser, yeah. on that? Uh, well, it's going to have to certain, certainly limit a lot of that uh, yeah. influence, especially the way it's yeah. uh, way it's going now. Uh, l- yeah. Listen, so um, it's way after midnight here on the go. East Coast, so I'm going to have to know, take off. I know, I know. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. We have about, we have about two minutes left. Uh, I want one last topic, which is very important from an economic standpoint, the In-N-Out Burger boycott. 
Uh, we saw record sales. <laughs> it did not work, and we saw record sales, and we saw in California, it, all it did is backfire on the Democrats. It's the same sort of thing with Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's like they'll never yeah. learn. They're like a broken, it's like they're like a broken record. Yeah. Yeah, they can try to do things like this, and occasionally they come across one that, that works, but, um, you know, for the most part, these kind of things aren't going to work, and uh, they really need to come up with something positive other than uh, a bunch of things that are negative. Oh, absolutely, 100, 100%. And yeah. uh, real quick, last thing, your thoughts of Amazon, uh, the, their market value topping $1 trillion today. What are your thoughts? That's the second company in the U.S. Um, look, Amazon and Apple, uh, both trillion-dollar companies because they give consumers exactly what they want at exactly the price they're willing to pay. And as yeah. long as you keep doing that, you will be yeah. successful. They use a lot of market data to figure out exactly what people want, and then they come out with the products that – uh, satisfy those needs. They charge a price that people are willing to pay, even if it seems high to us at times. It's a price people are willing to pay, and they become extremely successful, both of them. Good Yo, thing. Absolutely. A good thing. Yo, absolutely. And I want to ask you, uh, do you agree with Trump that t- uh, holding Amazon uh, accountable uh, for what they've been doing with taking advantage of the post office? I'd never ask your thoughts on that. I never, I've been talking you know, to you for a long time. I know Trump's been talking about it for a while, but I don't ever think I asked you your official thoughts on that. I know you probably studied it, though. Yeah. You, you know, they, uh, the, the post office gives Amazon a big break on, on the rates because Amazon gives them such large volume. Uh, so there is a little bit, there's a, an argument, it's down business principle. You have a big customer giving you a lot of sales, you give them a, a discount to, Encourage that. Um, it was really started when Amazon, the, the uh, deal was originally negotiated, I believe, when Amazon was just really getting into this. Um, now they're to the point where they rely somewhat on the post office. Maybe they can negotiate a little better rate. The problem is if you try to negotiate too high a rate, Amazon is already looking at coming up with their own delivery system rather than using the post office. And based on what Amazon has done in the past, um, you know, they can do a lot of things on their own. And they get into a lot of different uh, areas. So you have to be careful if you raise the uh, rate to them too much, they may decide to go it alone with their own uh, delivery thing uh, set up. And I I believe they're already working on delivering things by drones. (laughs) So that may Uh, come into play too. Well, well they're testing it. They, they've been testing it over in places like Australia. I know that for a fact. I've uh, done the research. I've been looking <clears throat> into into that, and uh, they, they have, they've. I don't know if they've officially tested it in the U.S., but uh, they've also been doing delivering Domino's pizzas to people's doorsteps in like places like Australia, and. And, yeah. and overseas in Europe, which is pretty fascinating. I mean, the new think about yeah. having giving the getting the pizza delivery guy out of business and just doing drones to your doorstep. Yeah, interesting. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a right. crazy world. But do, yeah. but Dr. Bustler, I want to thank you uh, for coming on. Yep. It's always, always my a pleasure. pleasure. Uh, wherever All anybody right. can find your work, uh, please uh, um, if you can pl- plug it in. I just uh, have a page on Facebook called. 
funding yep. democracy, the economics of freedom. So you go facebook.com forward slash funding democracy. Or if you're on your own Facebook page in the search box, just put funding democracy and my columns will come up. Thanks a lot, yeah. Rory. I look forward to being on again probably next week, I guess. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I do want to say while you're in the air, uh, you'll be a big part of the, my new media empire, which I'm releasing, the Next Gen USA, which a lot of people, a lot of big contributors will be involved with the site. So I, I'm excited to bring you aboard, and uh, I know my audience is excited as well, and uh, it's going to be a huge thing. Wonderful. So, um, yeah. Good. So I look for, and I'll Excellent. have you back on next All week. All right, buddy. And, uh, All right. Yeah, man, we'll talk soon. All right. God bless. All right. Yeah. Bye. Um, Dr. Bustler, everybody. Uh, God, what an amazing guest. Uh, he's fantastic, I tell you. Valerie, my great co-host, um, please tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. Um, thank you. I'm on BackyardJihad.com, uh, and my book is available on Amazon.com. It's called Backyard Jihad. Excellent, everybody. And... Um, you can also visit the Donald J. Trump store.com. Again, that's the Donald J. Trump store.com. Visit Rory TV and also um, the next gen USA is finally done. And uh, I will be either launching it tonight or tomorrow. So we will be all ready to rock and roll. And uh, I know my audience is, was very excited and enthusiastic and anxious about the release of it. So it's finally here and uh, it's extremely fancy and extensive coding. And we have a lot of different TV shows and radio shows, uh, different people involved with the network, my, the site. So um, you're going to be, blown away. I mean, we put a lot of time and work into this and effort and money. So um, I want to thank all my special guests tonight. I want to thank my audience. I want to thank my co-hosts. Um, we had a great show. We got a lot established. Uh, there's some certain things I did not get to tonight, but I will get to tomorrow. Um, I want, again, uh, God bless you all. Uh, I'm Rory Sauter. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. Uh, have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. God bless. Thanks.